uh, I love this new graphic. Lisa Den Blaker was the creator behind this. Isn't it pretty? I think we should clap for Lisa this morning. What do you think? So fun. <laughs> Hi, I'm Pastor Kurt. Great to be with you this morning. And we are talking about the good stuff. And we're in week three. And I'm very excited about this morning's message because for me personally, it's been impactful just to be reminded of how amazingly good God is and how he really does want to bless us and help us as we navigate through life. So God is a good, good God, right? So much good stuff that Jesus gave us. He gave us relationship with God. He gave us forgiveness of our sin. He gave us freedom from shame. And he gave us uh, a release of the fear of death. We don't have to fear death. And so many things, I could go on and on and on, and really to, to leave this at a one-week message is really not doing service to God or the Bible, but that's what we're going to do this morning, okay? Of course we know that, that Jesus gave us eternal life by his death and his resurrection on the cross, but on this side of heaven, I think that probably the best thing Jesus did for us is he sent us the Holy Spirit. Would you agree with that? Do you think that that's like the best thing? That's the good stuff, right? Of, of That resulted from what Jesus did for us. We have salvation, but on this side of heaven, God lives in us. Think about that for a second. God lives in us. This is a game changer. You know, before his resurrection, uh, Jesus, whose other name is Emmanuel, that means God with us, but not God in us. So when he was with his disciples, he was with them, but not in them. And he said, it's better that I go away because I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit who's going to not only be with you, but he's going to be in you. It's a powerful, power, powerful uh, love that we get to experience through the Holy Spirit. Think about this. Millions of people around the world for the last 2,000 years, maybe billions, filled with God's presence. Think about that. And think about what the world would be like if that hadn't happened. Think about how dark the world would be if the influence of the Holy Spirit was not alive and well, moving through the hearts and lives of people around the world. And this all started from, you know, these disciples, these few disciples. So the light of the Holy Spirit, this influence that shines through we believers, where would the world be without the people of God who God has chosen to move and to love through over the years? Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit. I think it's the best thing he gave us so we can have hope. And we can have light living in us. John 14, if you would like to take your Bible out, we're going to be skipping around a little bit today. Uh, but John 14, verse 16 is where we're going to start. And this is what Jesus said to his disciples as he was getting ready to leave them. He said, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. Now, advocate means somebody that mediates between us and God. So the Holy Spirit is our mediator. He takes what's in our hearts and he kind of translates it translates it to the Father and in return also brings us the Father's heart. So the Holy Spirit has a very important role. And Jesus said he'll never leave you. He's the Holy Spirit. He leads you into all truth. The world cannot receive him because the world is not looking for him and they don't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. There Jesus says, he lives with you now through me, Jesus is saying, but later on he's going to live in you, right? And that's what we get to experience today. So this is good stuff. This is like every moment of every day you have the person of the Holy Spirit living in you. I think sometimes we forget about that. Can we just pause for a second 
And think about the fact that you have Almighty God living inside you. It's kind of scary, isn't it? I mean, it's a big responsibility to carry the presence of God and to represent Him where we go and what we do and what we say. But God is living in you. You are living in His presence. That's what Jesus promised. And that's our reality. Now, the sad thing is that we don't always live like He's living in us, do we? Thankfully, there's forgiveness for our sin. But we don't always do that. And I want to address today why I think that is. I think we just don't live in the awareness of His presence. I think we're so busy. I think life is so busy and stressful and sometimes hard that we just are not aware of the presence of God who is truly in us. God doesn't go away somewhere. He's still there. We're just not aware. You know, you might have a teenager with a phone. Anybody have a teenager with a phone? Or had a teenager with a phone? We've had a couple. Or maybe this is you. This might be you with a phone. Because all of us have a teenager living inside of us, don't we? Um, Like, teenager with a phone. You can be with them in the same room. You can even be out with them. You can even have bought their dinner. And they're sitting at the table that you bought their dinner at. And what are they doing? They're on the phone. Or maybe this is you. You're on your phone. But they're on their phone. And it's like you're not even there. I mean, they know you exist. And they're vaguely aware that somebody paid for their dinner. <laughs> somehow it just arrived. But, but yet, they don't really acknowledge that you're there. Not all teenagers. So if you're a teenager in the room, sorry, maybe it's not, it's not you. But like us, as, as parents, we give the good stuff to our teenagers, right? And it's just nice to be acknowledged. And in the same way, the Holy Spirit wants to be acknowledged. He says, man, I gave you the good stuff. I raised Jesus from the dead. And now I live in you. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. That's the good stuff. Could you acknowledge me through the day? And I I preach this to my own soul this morning. Could I acknowledge the Holy Spirit better throughout the day? Even as you're texting, messaging, Instagramming, Marco Poloing, FaceTiming, what's upping and Zooming with everybody else on the planet, maybe you could acknowledge the most important person in your life, right? Maybe we could do that. Let's be mindful of his presence. Let's just be aware that he is there. This term mindfulness, um, with my counseling background, I'm, I'm interested in these kinds of things. And so this is a buzzword now in counseling, mindfulness. A mindfulness is defined as a mental state achieved by focusing one's awareness on the present moment. So you live in the moment, basically is what they're saying. While calmly acknowledging and accepting your feelings, thoughts, and bodily sensations. This is used as a therapeutic technique. Some of you are going, I don't want to be aware of what I'm feeling. It's like, no. But here's the thing. I love this idea of mindfulness, but let's not stop with being mindful of our own feelings and sensations. Let's take it a step further. I think God, like a parent to a teenager, wants us to be mindful of him. And I think that the healthiest thing we can do with our feelings, emotions, and bodily sensations is to invite the Holy Spirit to be present in them. What do you think? Because he really does good things with us. And I say to you today about mindfulness, yes, be aware. Live in the moment. Be aware of your presence, uh, present moment. Be aware of your feelings. Be aware of your thoughts. Be aware of the places you want to go with those. Be aware of the triggers that you have in your life. All those things are very, very important. But then take the next step of inviting the Holy Spirit 
into that mindfulness that you're using to kind of control your life. Let the Holy Spirit come and, and help you in those every many, many moments of every day. Now, I have an acronym that I want to share with you this morning. I shared this a few months ago in a series, but it really helps me remember to be aware of God's presence. This is what I do. This is how I remember to be aware, and it's simply air. You know, we sing the song, You Are the Air I Breathe, you know, about the Holy Spirit. And so to be aware of his presence, this is what I do. I acknowledge him. Simply throughout the day, God, I acknowledge that you are in me, that you are with me. Secondly, I, I invite him. I invite the Holy Spirit into those mindful moments. Now, sometimes I'm a little late doing that, and I've already maybe messed up one of those mindful moments, especially building a house. You know, that just happens. But... We can invite the Holy Spirit into those mindful moments. So that's I. And then the letter R, that we actually respond because of the Holy Spirit, because we've acknowledged him, because we've invited him. Now we can respond because he really is in our moment. Think about how that would change our lives, change our relationships if we made a practice of this. I mean, this was so important to Jesus. The Holy Spirit coming was so important to Jesus that he said to his disciples, don't leave home without him. Don't leave home without him. And so in your Bibles this morning, Acts chapter 1, flip over there, verse 4. After he was risen, once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised, as I told you before. John was baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Okay? So Jesus is saying you need to be immersed in this Holy Spirit that he sent us. We need to be baptized uh, if you hope to accomplish all the things that he wants you to do and hope to live in such a way that he wants you to live. You need to be immersed in the Holy Spirit. That's how important the Holy Spirit is to Jesus. Warren Wiersbe writes this in his commentary. The Greek word baptizo has two meanings. One is literal and the other is figurative. The word literally means to submerge, like we baptize in the tank. But the figurative meaning is to be identified with. So the Holy Spirit, when when we talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, he wants us to identify with him and with his presence and to be totally immersed in his presence. So the baptism of the Spirit is that act of God by which he identifies believers with Jesus Christ and then he formed the spiritual body of Christ, us and all other churches that follow Christ on the earth. Historically, Wiersbe says, this took place at Pentecost. Today, it takes place whenever a sinner trusts Jesus Christ and is born again. So when you receive Christ as a born-again Christian, when you say yes, when you place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you receive the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. And, and he will uh, express himself as much as you allow him to. He will change you as much as you allow him to. He'll work in your life as much as you allow him to. The Holy Spirit will will do as much as you make room for him to do. And so the key to this morning's message is to be mindful of the Holy Spirit. Now, those of you who are into healthy eating, how many? One, two, three, a few of us? You've probably heard about the Daily Dozen. Anybody heard of the Daily Dozen? It's changed. It's now vegan, by the way. So um, I liked it when it had meat personally, but uh, I'm a meat guy. But the Daily Dozen, all the different food groups that you're supposed to eat to stay healthy, two helpings of this, three helpings of that. They actually say three helpings of beans. Now, I would be in real trouble if 
I actually followed that. It seems a little problematic to me, but that's just me. We also have a daily dozen that the Holy Spirit wants for us to know about. And there's probably more than these daily dozen, but, but here's what we need to take in daily and receive from the Holy Spirit. So you've wondered, if you've wondered, what does the Holy Spirit do and, and what can I expect from Him? Here's some of the good stuff, the daily dozen that the Holy Spirit wants us to receive or take in, like we would take in food, that we take in from Him if we expect to be healthy spiritually. Okay, here it is. The Holy Spirit. First and foremost, the Holy Spirit seals my salvation. Ephesians 1. He seals my salvation. He is the one that when you receive Christ, he says, Yes, Father, this is one that belongs to Jesus. The Holy Spirit seals our salvation. I want you to notice, you can't seal your own salvation. The Holy Spirit does it for you. So pretty important that you know this Holy Spirit. Let me see, have you ever had a day that you doubt if you're really saved? Anybody? Ever have a day? Come on, be honest. You go, wow, did did I really get saved? That was a bad day. You know, I mean, I've had a bad day. Am I really saved? How could I have thought these thoughts and still be saved? How could I feel this worry or this anxiety or this depression and still be saved? You know, how could I have, you know, had these thoughts, these... How, how could I have wanted to ram my cart into that person at Costco and still be saved? How is it possible? Those accusing thoughts come, right? Those accusing thoughts come. Did you know that Revelation 12:10 tells us that the accuser, Satan, accuses you before the throne of God every day? Accuses every believer before the throne of God every day. Did you know that? Satan is the accuser. He accuses us. But the truth is the Holy Spirit has sealed us. So I think one of the Holy Spirit's great contributions to our daily life is he wants us to be convinced every day that we really are saved. And it's the Holy Spirit who reminds you of that. Secondly, on the daily dozen list, the Holy Spirit lives in me. John 14, he lives in me. Now, if you will this morning, would you do something with me? You don't have to, but if you want, put your hand on your head. Don't mess your hair up. Put your hand over your head and repeat after me. Now, this is going to take a lot of faith. You don't know what I'm going to say. (laughs) But if you don't like it, don't repeat it, okay? Repeat this after me. God is living here. I have the mind of Christ. My head is the home of the Holy Spirit. Okay, you can take your hand off. Head, heart, mind are all interchangeable uh, in the Word of God. It's that place where we're aware of the presence of God. It's that place that God dwells in our life. It's that innermost being of us. It's our soul, if you will. You know, my mind is not perfect, but God's presence is perfect in my mind. And that's what we need to remember. It's not about how perfect you are, but it's about God's perfection in you. That's good stuff right there, okay? Third, the Holy Spirit fills me daily, Ephesians 5. This morning, even before I rolled out of bed, I engaged the Holy Spirit. I laid there in bed. I wasn't quite ready to get up. I just engage the Holy Spirit. And for me, what that means is I sing songs in my head. I would sing out loud, but my wife is still sleeping beside me, and that would be a little weird, right? So I'm singing hymns and songs in my head. And, and uh, often it's the old hymn, My Jesus, I Love Thee. I know thou art mine. To thee all the follies of sin I resign. My blessed Redeemer, my Savior art thou. If ever I loved thee, 
my Jesus, it says now. I'll sing these hymns in my head. I'll think these hymns in my head or another hymn. Or sometimes the Holy Spirit gives me a song for the day, right? It's a worship song that just seems to fit what's going to happen that day. And as I look back, I think, wow, that was the right, that was the right song. Sometimes it's prayer. But what I'm, what I'm getting at here is that I engage the Holy Spirit. And He fills me. Now, all that means is that He gets me ready for the day. He fills me with God's love. Romans 5, Paul talks about the Holy Spirit fills our heart with God's love and, and drives away shame with His love. It's pretty awesome. The fourth thing the Holy Spirit does is that He comforts me. Anybody need some comfort today? Boy, I think uh, almost every day we've needed some comfort over this last year, right? Do you read the news? Probably need some comfort. We need some comfort in this world. No matter how bad it gets, we need to know that God is still sovereign. He's in control. We are not helpless or hopeless. God has a plan and a purpose for our life. Heaven is coming, friends. Heaven is coming. We're going to get there one day. God is battling on our behalf like we sang this morning. The Holy Spirit is battling on our behalf. You know, every morning when I get up, I I read the Psalms. I love the Psalms. And then I'll post a song. And some of you guys, if you're a Facebook friend of mine, you know this about me. I'll, I'll post a song. And yesterday I posted a, song, a psalm and Dean King was up. And so Dean King responded. Sometimes you crazy people are up at the same time as me, right? And Dean King responded, read this before watching the news. I'm like, yes, exactly. Exactly. You want to fill yourself with the good stuff of God's word and the comfort of the Holy Spirit before you read the news. And it's true, because the next thing I do is I read the news. I read four different versions. I'm a balanced news reader. And so I, I read four different versions. And, but by the time I read it, I already have this sense of God's sovereignty and his comfort in my heart. I acknowledge that no matter how bad the news is today, God is good and God is in control. That's how I roll. Fifth on the DD, the Daily Dozen, the Holy Spirit convicts me of sin, John 16. As a follower of Christ, all through the day, the Holy Spirit is convincing you to not sin or influencing your choices all through the day. He's influencing your choices. He's saying, yeah, this is the right thing. This is the wrong thing. And if we don't follow him, then he convicts us. And I know this passage has to do with convicting the world of their sins so that they'll turn to Christ. But I also believe the Holy Spirit does this in a very practical way in our hearts all day, every day. If you've been harsh with your spouse or with a coworker, if you've gone off on your kids, you know, if you've just had a bad day in some way, the Holy Spirit is the one that reminds you of that and convicts you to repent and to receive forgiveness for that sin. So he's the one that does that for us. Six, the Holy Spirit teaches me. He teaches me. John fourteen twenty six. I love this about the Holy Spirit. You know, the Bible is a wonderful book. It's a wonderful, you know, a book of God. It's God's Word, right? We don't minimize that at all. But you can read the Bible as a scholar and never really have it impact you like it impacts you when you read it and the Holy Spirit drives it home. So the Holy Spirit is the one that illuminates the Word of God to us. He brings that personal uh, revelation in our hearts, right? Sometimes you'll notice when I'm teaching... Every now and then I'm teaching God's Word, you'll notice that I, I get a little emotional. I don't know if you've noticed that. It's often, I'm not talking about an emotional situation. But oftentimes what happens to me is when I'm teaching God's Word, teaching truth, 
all of a sudden there will be something about God's word that, that I feel. The truth is just driven home in that moment. And it's like, wow. Wow, I have to respond. Like, like that makes me emotional. And so thank you for your patience as I kind of work through those moments. But the word of God is so powerful when the Holy Spirit drives it home, makes it personal to your heart and to your soul. Like in those moments, I'm getting a revelation that this is true, this is good, this is real. And we know this up here, but it happens here. It's such a beautiful thing. Sometimes it happens in worship. Because when we worship, we're really singing the Word of God, aren't we? We're singing the Word of God, doctrines and principles and values of God. And so sometimes when I'm worshiping in the midst of you all, hearing your voices like a warm blanket around me, there will be a phrase or there will be a, a principle or a concept. It will bring me to that I can't sing. I get choked up. And it's the Holy Spirit teaching me in that moment God's Word through worship through songs. It's just being aware of Him. It becomes so deeply real in that moment. The seventh daily dozen is that the Holy Spirit helps and counsels me. Anybody need counseling? Let me see. Yeah, a few of us. I paid a lot of money for counseling. Uh, Holy Spirit's for free, by the way. You don't have to pay. He's really, really good, too. John fourteen 16, I'll ask the Father. He'll give you an advocate. That, also, that word also means counselor or helper. Okay? So advocate means mediator, but it also means helper and counselor. And the Holy Spirit counsels you. If you will take the time to invite him into your life situations, he will counsel you through God's word, but also through just personal you know, comfort, the things that we're talking about this morning. The Holy Spirit will counsel you. He'll help you work through your personal issues. He loves to do that. He helps me see where I need to take responsibility for my own actions or where I need to have boundaries for the actions of others. The Holy Spirit helps me see that, helps me see what is mine to own and what is not mine to own. And the Holy Spirit is really good about giving me insights and nudges about things that I could not have known on my own. And this is available for every one of us, all of us, can benefit from having the Holy Spirit you know, help and counsel us through our real-life situations. The eighth thing is that the Holy Spirit guides me into truth. John 16, 13. This says, let me read it to you this morning, when the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own, but He will tell you what He has heard, and He will tell you about the future. Uh, One of the benefits of knowing the Holy Spirit in a personal way, is that he will share things with you that you could not have known on your own. And if you will bring him into your decisions, whether they're personal or whether they are business-related, man, the Holy Spirit is the best business partner because he can see the future, right? He's in the future. And so you want to know what's going on before you make business decisions. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Let me give you a really simple example of this. Uh, about six years ago, we bought the property that we're building our home on right now, remodeling an old farmhouse and adding on. And I had just become the lead pastor here, so I was about a year in. And we found out that we were losing our space for God's garden over on Aaron Drive. We were at the, 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 health, the Christian Health Care Center, right? So we were losing that space. They were going to build a building. And I really wanted to keep the garden. I felt like it was honoring to all the people that had given lots and lots of hours and time. And it was a great thing, right? So... I started looking for property, and I found this little property on Bender Place, and I thought, this is perfect. It's an acre. 
And so I, I bought it with my wife's blessing. Um, and, but I struggled because I was buying it really for the church to use. It was my own personal uh, purchase, but I was buying it for the church to use. We rented out the farmhouse but barely made the payment on that. And I was questioning whether my decision was wise. Should I really do this or not? And I don't have a lot of money laying around to buy property that I'm not going to you know, have as an investment. And so I remember clearly the Holy Spirit guiding me in that moment. I remember this clear as day. And he said to me, buy it now. Use it for the church. And one day it will become a blessing for your family. Now, we did not know at that time that we were going to be taking in Gwen's parents as a part of this project. So about a year ago, we were talking about caring for her parents as they age. And Gwen says, well, why don't we build an apartment on that property and build a house? I said, great idea. We literally hadn't thought about that before. And so we decided to do that. And so that property is now becoming the home for my wife's parents. And we get to live right in front of them and help them as they transition and get older. What a blessing. And when the Holy Spirit said that's going to be a blessing for your family, I had no idea that's what he meant. I couldn't see it, but he did. And so that's just a really simple example of the practicality of the Holy Spirit when you're making real-life decisions. Okay, number nine, the Holy Spirit reminds me of what Jesus said. Oh, man, this last year has been tough, hasn't it? It's been a tough year. And I don't know about you, but for me, the thing that has gotten me through many days is just being reminded about what Jesus said. Just being reminded about what Jesus said. For example, Jesus said, In this world you will have trouble. (laughs) But take heart, for I have overcome the world. I can't tell you how many times the Holy Spirit reminded me of that verse. Uh, Jesus said, Cast your anxiety on me, because I care for you. I can't tell you how many times the Holy Spirit has said, Hey, Kurt, remember, cast your anxiety on Jesus. And the third one I think about is, come to me if you're weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Oh, wow. Have you ever needed that this past year? And so the Holy Spirit reminds us of those words of Jesus that we have that we have put in our hearts, that we have hidden in our hearts. The Holy Spirit reminds us and brings them out at the right moment. See, that's the thing about the Holy Spirit is his timing. You have the Word of God in you. Now the Holy Spirit's role is to bring out the right Word of God, the right verse, the right Scripture, the right reminder for the right time. And that's a beautiful thing that the Holy Spirit does for us. He knows what part of God's Word you need for every moment that you live. And He does such a great job with His timing. Okay, the tenth thing, the Holy Spirit grows character in me. Now, Steve talked about this last week, so I'm not going to get into it, but character is what God's developing in us, right? Love, joy, peace. And I guess I would say to you that, that He's always working on us to change our character. Always, constantly. Always working on us to become more joyful, more peaceful, more loving, more kind, right? More generous, all those things. That's called the fruit of the Spirit. So what I would say to you this morning, just briefly, is that if you're, if you're experiencing a shortage of any of the fruit of the Spirit, ask the Holy Spirit to help you develop that fruit in your life. If you find yourself impatient a lot, ask Him to help you. If you find yourself just not very kind, ask Him to help you. If you find yourself just not very peaceful, ask Him to help you. The Holy Spirit is the one to ask. 
Okay, 11th on the Daily Dozen, the Holy Spirit gives me spiritual gifts. Now, you know the Bible says in 1 Corinthians there's many kinds of spiritual gifts. I believe every believer has a spiritual gift or more than one spiritual gift. And these are so valuable. You know, the old church kind of relegated the gifts of the Spirit to Sunday morning, and it got a little weird, to be quite honest. And so, but what I believe is that the gifts of the Spirit are not only for the church and fellowship, but maybe even more for regular life. That you're out there and doing your job, and, and someone has a conversation with you, and you get a word of wisdom, or you get a word of knowledge, and you're able to help them because the Holy Spirit told you what to say. That's what the gifts of the Spirit are about. Or maybe somebody comes to you at work and says, Hey, man, I'm, I'm struggling. I feel sick. I've got this something going on. And you say, well, how about if I just pray for you for God to heal you? Using the gifts of the Spirit in the marketplace, I think that is really the best use of the gifts of the Spirit. So we need His gifts like never before. We need the gift of faith, don't we? We need the gift of leadership, don't we? Uh, We need the gifts of wisdom and discernment. Don't we need the gift of discernment? Man, discernment, deciding what is really accurate, In all these voices that we hear, that is the gift of the Spirit. We need that gift. So the Holy Spirit is the one that gives them to you and that develops them in you. And we need them desperately. Last one, the final one, the twelfth daily dozen, is that the Holy Spirit empowers you to witness. In Acts 1.8, it says that Jesus, Jesus spoke these words quoted by Luke. It says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You'll be my witnesses telling people about me. And I think it's, it's worth noting that Jesus knew it would take power from God for us to be able to witness. So don't ever feel bad about the tension you may feel when, when you believe you should witness. Because right here it says you're going to receive power to witness. You're going to need power to be an effective witness. And so the more that you allow the Holy Spirit to do this in you, He will empower you to share Christ with people more than you would have on your own. We've all had that moment when we think, is now the moment? Should I share Christ right now? Right? We've had that moment in our lives. And I would say, yes. That's the answer to that question. Yes, it's always the right moment to share Christ. And if you feel the nudge of the Holy Spirit, then just know He's going to empower you to share Christ in an effective way. Because, because it's the Holy Spirit's goal that Christ would be known. That's his goal. And so obviously, he's going to want you to participate with that. And the idea of witnessing is simply this. What we are full of will spill out of us. And so the more we are full of the Holy Spirit, the more we allow him to fill us. Remember, he's there, but we are the ones that create space for him. So the more we allow him to fill us, the more his filling is going to spill out of us. And our witness will become natural by the way we live, by the things we say, by the way we love. Uh, The Holy Spirit will do it in you and through you. Now again, as I wrap this up today, all of this begins by being aware. Being aware of the Spirit. You're not going to share if you're not aware. So being aware is why you will share. Witness means... To simply share your story of Christ's goodness in your life. Simply share what Jesus has done for you. It's great to start with practical things, with story, because people connect with story, right? 
I was at this bad place in life, and then I met Christ, and Jesus you know, brought me out of this bad place and became my Savior and my Lord. I mean, it's so simple to tell your story. And, and I do believe that the Holy Spirit will bring the right people across your path for your story. I believe God will lead people to you. So I don't think you ever have to wonder about whether this is a random meeting. Just trust God that he has allowed this person to come across your path and you have a story to share with this person. It begins with conversation. It begins with getting to know them. It begins with just being kind and loving them, taking time for them. But eventually God will let you connect your story to their story and you will be his witness. Pretty awesome. So I just want to take a moment as I close today and I just want to pray over all of us. I know this was a lot in a very short time. But I think we just need to be reminded of who the Holy Spirit is and what we can expect from Him so that we'll develop our relationship with Him. Okay? You can talk to Him. He's in you. Like He knows what you're thinking already. Okay? But you can talk to Him. He is your friend. Let's bow our heads. Father, today I want to thank You for loving us so incredibly well. Again, Lord, we thank you for not leaving us where you found us. We thank you that in these days that are sometimes troublesome and and can be dark, there's a lot of voices, there's a lot of chaos, there's a lot of confusion. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're the clear leader of our lives. And if we follow you and if we will do what you say, you'll lead us in the right direction. Thank you for leading us to Christ. Thank you for convicting us of our need for a Savior. And we pray that over our community, God. We just pray that people would hear your voice and be drawn to you and would receive the same love and forgiveness that we've received. And God, help us to be a good witness and to participate with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said? Amen. Let's stand up. We'd like to sing with, uh, close with one more great song this morning. And then I'll let you go with a blessing.